Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. Home buying power is down 22%. With the recent 100 basis point interest rate hike announced on Wednesday, it brings the increases up to two and a quarter points this year alone. And this understandably is going to have profound impacts on people's buying power as their purchasing power has been eroded to the tune of around 22%. In this episode, we're going to take a bit of a look of a uh, more macro level, what's happening nationally, talks about recessions, this type of thing. Um, and maybe that's where we start right off the top is, is the word recession is being heard a lot more understandably here. But um, maybe we'll just do a quick reminder and say, well, what, what is a recession and what are the indicators? Um, well, essentially, it's obviously a negative GDP. It's rising levels of unemployment, falling retail sales, and basically contracting measures of income and manufacturing over an extended period of time. So the one thing that's really propping this up or, or kind of preventing a recession is unemployment. So the June numbers just came in, and nationally here, we have a record number of people employed. Unemployment fell below 5% last month for the first time in history. So the economy, the jobs market is very robust. And while other uh, recessionary factors may be coming into play here, employment is doing what it can to curb these effects. Um, Wage growth is up, um, hit the highest levels in 20 years here, up about 5.5%. But of course, we know inflation is well above that right now. So it's actually creating sort of a negative wage growth environment. Typically, when when you get these rising wages, um, you get strong wage growth and in exceedingly tight labor markets, you tend to get inflationary pressure, right? I think that's one of the biggest problems for the Bank of Canada right now. Um, you know, compounding that issue, um, the latest survey data for Q1 released uh, a couple weeks ago shows that both businesses and consumers have extremely elevated inflation expectations. Um, I think that speaks, Dan, a lot to the move that the Bank of Canada just recently did, right? It's picking up on the consumer behavior and so the big difference here is the Bank of Canada isn't just trying to curb inflation. It's trying to bring it down. That's different, right? So it's trying to change the expectations of where this is going. And that means a heavy-handed approach until it actually comes down. Because if it stays stagnant throughout the economy, uh, that'll mean you know inflation will stay elevated and people will spend more, which in turn just creates this inflationary cycle, right? Exactly. And they're obviously in a tough place here, the Bank of Canada, in the sense that inflation is the buzzword right now. Obviously, it's running at 40-year highs here. It is incredibly dangerous to the country. And so they are going aggressive against it. Obviously, 100 basis points is aggressive, highest rate increase amount in 24 years. And the current expectations, the current talk on the streets is that they are now targeting by year end 3.75% overnight rate. 
they're still looking to Oof. increase at the next two or maybe even three announcements that are taking place this this year, um, increasing another one and a quarter percent ish. Um, things are obviously changing quickly across the landscape here, though that is today's predictions, and that's that's, <laughs> I mean that's up three and a half percent in one year. It, it's uh, highly yeah. likely that it, that it is a record. Um, trigger rates. If you haven't watched our previous episode with Mikhail Ferreira from the Bank of Montreal, watch that. If you have a variable rate mortgage, um, trigger rates are all but certain to get hit here now. If they're going to um, increase to these numbers by year end. So educate yourself on that. And then of course, on the flip side, mm-hmm. that means banks are, are going to be in a tight lending environment and they're going to want to loosen some rules. We've been talking 40 year amortizations for a long time here. I expect something to that effect will come into play here shortly. Um, but yeah, Bank of Canada right now, they got to take care of inflation and uh, that's inflation's worse than a recession. So that's why they're pushing sort of the country into that direction right now. Yeah, I think that's an important point. I think until, I think one of the big takeaways from today's discussion is going to be that until people fear a recession more than they fear inflation, you're going to see this push from the Bank of Canada and they'll go right into one or very close to one if they have to. I think they'll probably go into one. (laughs) But that, anyhow. Um, That being said, um, for all this inflation scare, it is starting to show some cracks. Um, and thank God. Um, so let's talk about maybe the price of gasoline here. Uh, nationally, three weeks ago, uh, we were seeing a record high of two dollars and thirteen cents a liter. That's now dropped to about a buck ninety, um, and that's also right across the majority of the commodities. Everything from natural gas to copper or lithium um, has fallen in the past two months out of fears of these recessions. In fact, even shipping rates that were at like skyrocket amounts, they've sharply declined as well. Um, that might be some ease in the supply chain that we've been hoping for. Um, anyways, it, it's still very early. Um, don't get excited. <laughs> um, there's, there's a long way to go here in terms of controlling this inflation, but this is at least a sign that we're, we're near the top. Yeah, even yesterday on, on CNN, they were looking for the silver lining and they said, look, if you strip away the outliers in the CPI and you go to the core inflation metrics, they were actually starting to come down for the second month in a row. So while, yes, mm-hmm. overall, <laughs> CPI is way up uh, in the States as well here. Uh, if you look forth, there are a few indicators that things are turning. A few people have said peak inflation, that term a few times here. Uh, we have yet to see that. I definitely feel it. But uh, again, there's a couple early, early indicators here that this might be heading the other way. Um, I think further to this too, we got to look at the five-year bond yield, which, um, I mean, this is the metric that affects fixed mortgage rates. And of course, mm-hmm. it jumped up to about 3.61 in mid-June and people were starting to panic, but it's actually pulled back since then. And after, of course, the rate hike announcement, uh, Friday, it ended up at about 3.079. So that's pulled back quite a bit. Um, and when we talk about these these mortgage payments too, just some more quick numbers for you. The Monthly payments to carry the average Canadian mortgage, if you were to buy a home in January compared to buying that same home today, are up about $1,100 a month. Um, This is 52% more money required for your monthly payment to buy the same home today as you would have back in January. So that's an extra $13,000 a year you'd have to come up with Mm -hmm. to buy that same home. Understandably. And Dan, it's safe to say that's still going up. Yeah, exactly. Right. 
I mean, generally, I, I think it's safe to say it's <clears throat> we're still going to see some higher numbers because um, we're not done. And like like we touched on just just before, you know, they want to lower inflation, not not curb it, right? So. I think there's a bit more pain to come. Like you said, it's interesting to see what's going to happen with those uh, 40-year AMs, if those come into play to help alleviate some of the refinancing pressure. Um, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I think banks are about Why to get we... creative. I really do. I think there's going to be some, to. some new things that we haven't heard about even. Maybe some people are going to get second mortgages on homes more frequently. I mean, that's not unheard of or, you know, it's, it's been around for a while. Uh, but I think, yeah, there might be some new funds or something created, some new ways to finance homes that didn't exist should um, rates continue at this rate and, and a good chunk of Canadians can't afford their, their refis. Well, I think if they can produce all the money out of thin air, they could probably do the same here. Good point. So. <laughs> um, why don't we take a look at um, how real estate is performing uh, across uh, some of the major centers in the, in uh, Canada here. Let's take a look at Toronto. Uh, Toronto home sales are down a whopping 41% year over year. Uh, so, you know, that's the lowest uh, June since the, since the 1990s. That's, that's a long time, especially for Toronto, which is such a strong market, right? Um, active listings are up 43% led by single family homes, uh, across the suburbs, just like in BC. Um, this is where the story needs to change though, Dan, because the HPI pricing that, you know, we're hearing a lot of across, uh, the headlines is, is saying that pricing is only, you know, starting to come down. And if you looked at the HPI, you know, it's down 3%, um, However, it's down 8% since the peak. But, you know, we know that that's a lagging indicator and that outliers are typically taken out, right, to smooth that out. Um, but we also know that the HPI is a bit of a lagging indicator. Uh, we look at medium prices, they're down 20%. And there's plenty of stories from realtors, um, you know, seeing pricing and appraisal. Appraisal's coming in 20% lower than the peak. So, um very careful that you make sure you're listening to the right data and interpreting the right data here. Exactly. I mean, back here at home in Vancouver, HPI is down 2%. There is no way you yeah. are going out there and listing a home for 2% lower than the peak and thinking it's going to sell. Impossible. Mm-hmm. No, like the, the price Correct. reduction emails that we're getting right now, they're all to the tune of like 5 to 10% right now. There was a massive one the other day, outlier, but you know, it was like a, a $2.2 million property that dropped 700 k in the list price. Um, so yeah, I think HPI is, is accurate today it is, is very misleading. Now, again, we're not beating up on HPI. It's a good indicator and it's one of them and it's useful, but where it fails is in a rapidly changing market, like where we are today. Mm. That's mm. when you have to look yeah. at the other pricing metrics like median and average. Um, because yeah, HPI just is not telling the full story at all. Um, so again, just, just make sure you recognize all three, but yeah, Vancouver. So we're down 11% median and average right now. HPI too. Sure. Um, July sales <laughs> are slow. And of course this hundred basis mm-hmm. point hike is throwing wet concrete on the whole market right now. So we're going to see July <laughs> sales volumes, probably under 2000 by the time the dust settles at the end of this month. And wow. that's, those numbers, for example, are lower than the last down market we had in 2018 and 2019. So even less homes are selling then. Um, wow. The interesting thing is, though, there is no rush to market here. There's no panic selling happening again. 
um, it's, it's oddly reminiscent of the pandemic shutdown and people are just kind of like, okay, slide lines. Let's just wait and see what happens here. Let's mm-hmm. let this thing kind of wash out. Um, so inventory, we're still, we can't hit 11,000. Uh, it's like three months and four months, five months in a row of rising inventory, but we can't crack 11,000. We're sitting about 10,800 today. Um, there is less homes on the market today than there was a year ago in the highest sales uh, market ever recorded. That's a really important thing. That's wow. That's that's quite an interesting stat. It's I mean, that shocking, speaks to the yeah. amount of homes that were that were also purchased too, right? And maybe to the fact that a lot of people are not going to sell if they are not going to get the numbers that they want for their homes. Yeah, there's there's yeah, definitely I, that's uh, we've seen that before in Vancouver. Right. Totally agree. I think the market's in a bit of a state of shock right now, to be honest. And, and so yeah. again, people are like, whoa, what's going on? And, and they need to kind of uh, get maybe a little more educated and just see where things are going to go because uh, so much yeah. of it, so much of this landscape is, is unknown and sort of uncharted territory here. So uh, because sales are low and because inventory is so low, but the sales really are going to do this, we're going to see the sales to active uh, listing, sorry, sales to active listings ratio just enter into a balanced market in July. I think it'll probably just creep in right around that 19% mark. This is going to be the first time that Vancouver has been in a balanced market for two and a half years. You have to go back to uh, wow. January of 2020 to see a balanced market here. So two and a half years of a, a extreme seller's market. Um, but yeah, as we talked uh, about off the top here, with buying power down 22% so far, with more more erosion coming by the sounds of it, prices have to follow. It. It's just, there's no way around mm-hmm. that. So right now, easy. I can see this thing drop in 20, 22% HPI, or sorry, uh, median and average. HPI will probably smooth things out around 15, 16 right now. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. But, and, and here's the funny thing though. You, you've got these buyers on the sidelines going, great, I can't wait for it to drop 20%. Okay, so that million-dollar home is now $800,000. But your mortgage has gone from 2% to 5%. So your payments on that home are exactly the same as it, or very close to the same when it was a million bucks as as it is $800,000. So is it cheaper? Is it lower priced? People buy monthly payments. So technically, Mm -hmm. no. I mean, who are the winners here, or about to be the winners? Cash buyers, for sure. If you've yeah. got some money and you're yeah. thinking about making a move and there will be distressed sellers, there's no question about it. You know, that we know people, yeah. well, I don't know people, but we hear stories of people who worked with lenders who let's say weren't the most honest and put them in positions that maybe they can't afford in a uh, rising rate environment. So there's going to be some outliers. Yeah. There's going to be some horror stories. Those will be the headlines. And there will be some people that are cash rich that are going to capitalize on that. But yeah. yeah, your average buyer, yeah. again, a 20% less home does not mean you're paying 20% less every month. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point to make. Um, yeah, it's this kind of this balance between, you know, our price is going to lower faster than my buying power. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of the race that buyers are trying to weigh out right now. But, you know, as Mikhail said on our last podcast, you know, appraisals on properties are they're not longer than 30 days now. Right. So, you know, you don't have um, a ton of time in a market that's changing quickly um, to find that out. You know, I I still stress it. I think if you're you take a 30,000 foot view of this, um, you know, we're still historically low interest rates, generally speaking. Um, 
you know, prices are coming down. If the right property hits the market and you're in a position to buy, what's coming in the next six to, you know, six to 12 months, there's going to be some great opportunity there if you're prepared, right? And that's going to be a result of um, people overextending themselves and, and the market being uh, what it is, what it, what it turned into as a result of uh, monetary policy, right? But anyhow, um, let's check out Alberta because um, Alberta has been um, last place in Canada for a long time. And uh, actually, as we continue down the path we're on right now, Alberta appears to be holding firm. Um, its intrinsic value of real estate hasn't really changed much in the last sort of seven, eight years. Um, Calgary's down, for example, only 2% off the peak, um, but up 14% year over year, right? Sales are down 30%, granted, um, but inventory is also down 22% year over year. Um, and generally speaking, uh, we actually feel that Alberta is likely to outperform the rest of the country when it comes to 2022. Uh, again, great news for Albertans. Uh, you know, that's a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. And as a quick reminder to our investors out there, Alberta currently does not have rental rate caps, so you can uh, potentially raise rents to market at any time, which is uh, mm-hmm. one reason investors do enjoy looking to that province for properties. Okay. I think that's it for us this week. Um, radically changing times. How's it affect you? Well, mm-hmm. we'd love to have a conversation. Uh, if you're thinking about buying, selling, or just making sure you can afford your mortgage in the next six months, we'd love to uh, you know, help out, explore, and, and see what we can do to make sure that you are winning in this marketplace. Thanks as always. Have a great day. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.